Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, folks. Welcome to Authentic English Conversation Podcast. Today, I had a really good chat with Katie from Bike and Bend on Instagram. Her information is in the description. Please go to her page and check it out because it's freaking awesome. So, Katie is a really, really cool person who lives in a van and spends most of her day on her bike, which is such a cool way to live your life. In this podcast, we just had a good chat about biking and about van life. So van life is something that I have personally been fascinated by for quite some time, and I'm really looking forward to investing some money in a real van And Katie bestowed a lot of wisdom. We also spoke about biking in terms of mountain biking, downhill biking, all sorts of biking. So, without any further ado, sit back, relax, and listen to this authentic English conversation with Ronan and Katie. So just like to start off, uh, what is your name? Uh, This is a very open question. Where do you live? I don't know how you're going to answer that. And what was the last meal that you ate that made you say, damn, this is really good shit? Okay, Uh, let's go with the easy one. My name's Katie, Katie Nixick, and I live currently, I guess I'm living in Cumberland because I've been here for a few days. Um, I've been in Vancouver Island now for a couple weeks, but yeah, I'm on the road full time. So I've been nomadic for almost two years and I live in my van. (laughs) That is cool. Yeah. And my fav- my last meal, um, I mean, just this, ev- almost everything that I eat is like, oh, damn, that's so good because I enjoy making good food. But I had um, the classic hipster morning meal of local sourdough bread. This was an olive rosemary sourdough toast and then mm-hmm. with avocado on top. And- of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to have the avocado. You're not a hipster without avocado. Yeah, so I don't normally get to make toast because I don't have a toaster in my van, but I'm currently camped out in a friend's driveway here. So I borrowed their toaster this morning. And, yeah. yeah it was and so you are mad into your downhill biking. Is that correct? Yeah, all, all mountain biking, not necessarily just downhill. I'm more of like a, just all mountain. I like to go up and down and across and all around. But yeah, mountain biking is my passion. Yeah. And for for people who are just listening, I'm looking at you right now and you got a bit of a bandage on your arm. Can you just tell us something about that? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I don't normally, I'm not this person. I'm the one who doesn't crash. (laughs) Maybe I should not say that, but yeah, I took, um, took a big slam the other day, yesterday. Um, I was going off a drop on a trail and I don't know what happened. I landed nose heavy and um tomahawked over the front of my bike so I don't know if I grabbed brake or what but landed my bike yeah nose heavy and then I went over the bars and slammed down and I think I kind of just put my I can't even the shoulders I think I tore this shoulder so I can't move it very well but put my arms out and rolled and then yeah I've got um quite a bit of an abrasion across my body I'm wearing like a, a loose summer dress right now it's not summer out but it's the only thing I can easily put on so I'm really lucky I was wearing a helmet obviously um and uh, no head no concussion or anything like that just kind of hit the ground it's honestly it's just I hate to say it's bound to happen because I don't think you have to crash in order to be a good mountain biker but I've been riding a lot um like every day and just pushing it a little bit 
more and more and uh yeah something was kind of bound to go it's wrong it's always like an injury is always going to happen with whatever you do like for sure i mean yeah you can get injured walking down the street which a lot of people have so yeah, yeah. and is this like one of your worst injuries from biking yeah by far that was my biggest crash i was quite concerned i landed and you know i saw you know heard the back crack saw the stars felt the sharp shooting pain in my shoulder and my across my hip where the abrasions were and i was just like Oh, I've really done it this time. Oh, like, I don't, I don't crash very often. Like when I do my, everything is so calculated in the type of riding I like to do, because I'm not like a fast jumper downhill or speed. I'm a slow technical get up and over and like really think about my line choices. So it, it is a little more rare for me to crash. And when I do, it's usually not that, yeah. that bad, you know, some scrapes or bangs, but this one, because I was in the air, I was dropping. It was, um, it was definitely my biggest slam. And um how's the bike bike's great it just bounced (laughs) (laughs) no problem for the bike it's made for that I guess totally yeah I was lucky because I was going so fast downhill it just like went over bounced on the wheels and then just plopped on its side and it's good yeah oh that's cool that's kind of crazy as well though but I mean in terms of injuries you're absolutely right because like I've had a few cycling injuries myself and anytime they've happened like I don't I've never done um biking in the way that you do it in the mountains I've always been like a road racer kind of bike so different types of injuries I guess and got hit by a car last year but Uh it was just like when I got hit it was just like I was able to get up check myself and straight away I was just thinking well all I had was a broken hand which could have been much worse when you're hit by a car or an injury so yeah. Yeah. Road biking is a whole other level. I think it's so funny because road bikers are like, you mountain bikers are crazy. You are and I crazy. Them and think, You're going so fast on asphalt around cars. <laughs> like, uh, but in, so. in like in Kelowna and British Columbia, there's so many empty roads to go road That's biking, true. you know? Yeah. You've got some beautiful down yeah. South, even further from there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so you do a lot of your biking, like from what I've seen on your Instagram in the mountains and everything. Have you ever come across any wildlife? Oh, yeah. All kinds of things, actually. Um, so in BC, obviously, I come across bear and deer very often. Um, I mean, not bear super often, but at least a few times every summer, black bear. Um, I've come very close to them before. Usually they're just so engrossed in their berries that they yeah. don't give a damn about me. Um, I have come across a bear with cubs before, and then I had to back away, you know, and be really mindful of that. I've never come across a grizzly, which is really lucky, or a cougar. Yeah. Um, in the desert, I've come across a tarantula. I came right across my path and a rattlesnake. And, um, I've come across rattlesnakes in Penticton actually as well. And wild boar in the desert. Boar. Yeah. I've never seen a wild boar. <laughs> they're called javelinas. Uh, they're in uh, around Sedona. Um, they're pretty crazy. Yeah, they're quite aggressive. So you have to be careful. And yeah, I've come across yeah some pretty cool birds. I've had an owl flying above me while biking. And um, yeah, for sure. There's been, there's always something. I can't remember what I saw just the other day. Oh, the, a couple of bunny rabbits and a couple of quail. And <laughs> I love quail. Yeah. Yeah. like until moving to moving to Kelowna that was the first time I'd ever seen a, a quail ever and just the way they run across the road and everything they just look they don't look like a normal yeah I've yeah. always imagined them wearing a top hat and a briefcase running around like ah, shoot. 
that's all I can see when I see quail run. Oh, that's so funny. I'm never going to be able to look at one the same now. I'm going to, yeah, that's a good cartoon drawing. I should get my niece to draw that. Do it, do it. It could yeah. be a great cartoon because I always imagine them running to an important business meeting because their back is so straight when they run and everything. Yeah. But. <laughs> so funny. So um, outside of BC, uh, you just <laughs> mentioned that you were like in the US um, yeah. biking. So where have you gone in the US and what is the biggest difference between there and BC for biking? Yeah, so I tend to pick the most different spot possible in US, mostly because it has the opposite climate to us. So I go to the desert. Um, I like Arizona and I've been to Utah a few times now as well. Um, so BC is just incredible. It's really hard to leave here in the summer. And by the time I'm ready to leave here, it's usually around this time. It's just getting kind of cold in the Northwestern US, like other rad biking places like Bellingham and Idaho. It's already getting cold there. So I book it straight to the desert and it's completely different in that there's no trees. Um, there's not very much dirt you're riding on rock. There's nothing really smooth. There's no such thing as your new school flow trail. Now being a technical rider, I'll say that you can still find flow within tech. Um, uh, so I just really enjoy that type of type of sort of Rocky pick your line trail. And Sedona has a lot of that, um, a little more exposure, different views. Obviously it's very red. It's almost like you're on yeah. the moon, moon there. Uh, it's it's challenging riding for sure and you're at an elevation compared to bc so yeah it's just a totally different i love looking at your pictures on instagram especially mm -hmm. like when you scroll i was just scrolling through it just before you came on and just looking at the various landscapes that you've been in some of the most beautiful places i've seen yeah i'm really yeah i'm i'm so fortunate like sometimes i know when i'm like having I don't rarely have bad days, but sometimes when I'm like, oh man, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Like, I don't know for sure if this is the right way, where I should be or whatever. And then I just kind of like take a moment and look back. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Check yourself every now and again. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our world is so beautiful. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I've been super, super lucky. I would have that feeling too. Cause it's been five years since I moved to Canada and every now and again, I'm just like, what am I doing here? What, what's happening? And then again, I stop, I take a moment, I look around yeah. and I look at everything I have as well. And it's just kind of like, no, everything is going according to plan. I don't know what the plan is, but yeah. it, it's working, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Kelowna's great. I didn't know that's where you lived. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. where I came across your profile first. I was just cool. looking through the hashtags Kelowna and, and yeah. it just popped up one day. Yeah. Yeah. I spent a lot of time there this year during uh, quarantine. I don't normally spend a ton of time in the Okanagan. I usually go there, you know, early or late season. And, yeah. uh, but my very best friend from elementary yeah, elementary school moved there and she's a single mom of three kids. And when it was, when I was in the desert in March and quarantine or COVID hit and they kind of were encouraging everybody to go home and quarantine and, and chill out and stay home. And she was like, yeah, I could, I could, I could use your help if you, if you need somewhere to, to stay or be. And I'm like, absolutely. I'm just kind of everybody's, every kid's auntie. you. So I went and spent, yeah, probably almost three months in Kelowna. Kelowna is nice. Uh, there's a lot to do. It takes a while to get settled in. That's what I'll say. It's like now yeah. myself, my partner are really, really enjoying Kelowna, especially this summer. We've done a lot more than we've done before, but it's taken a while to just get settled in, I guess. It took a while. Right. Yeah. yeah, I could see that for sure. It's a big city too. 
Yeah, and we're from a small town on the west coast of Ireland. So <laughs> we made the mistake of moving to Toronto first, which, oh, God. man, that has the same population as Ireland, the, the city alone. Oh, my so, gosh, no. Too many people, no mountains, <laughs> nothing like that. It was... It was fine for a short time. I missed the people, the friends that we made, but yeah. otherwise there's very little to miss. <laughs> Fair. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a big city person. They overwhelmed me and Kelowna was big enough. I actually was lucky that she, my girlfriend lived close to the water and I could take the kids to school on their bikes and then we could walk to the beach or bike to the yeah. beach. Yeah. In the summer, that's where I go every single day. So we live about a four minute walk to the beach. Oh. Nice. it's just like go straight down there after work every day fall in the lake swim around for a few hours and just relax it's pretty nice living downtown so good yeah yeah Yeah, though I'm a huge lake person and yeah that's a that's a good living right there to be able to go near or in water every day and I mean it's not too far from the mountains I mean if you wanted to go to Mm -hmm. Oyama which is only a 25 30 minute drive out by lake country West yeah. Kelowna, there's infinite trails out there. Yeah. I mean, you could hike a different trail every weekend if you wanted. Yeah, yeah, I was blown away. I came with very low expectations for mountain biking. I was like, oh, it's the Okanagan, but I was blown away. I was in heaven. I was riding, yeah, almost every day. You had to, yeah, drive a little bit, but yeah. Smith Creek and Rose Valley and yes. Gillard and yeah, yeah. And uh, so tell me, uh, van life. This is something that I've been keen on for quite a while. Uh, My Chevrolet Uplander just passed away, unfortunately. So now I'm driving a little tiny uh, Dodge Caliber. But uh, yeah, yeah, so tell me, uh, van life, what's it like? How did you get involved in it? Um, Okay, it's like a lot of things. For the most part, it's amazing, which is why I choose to do it. It's um, it's something I had kind of dreamed of. I did it for the first time in Australia back in like 2008 and I did a little bit in New Zealand. I was in a van and then I got into the grind in Northern Alberta for work and really just was like feeling the call to spend more time in BC. And I was like, how can I do this? And my partner at the time, his parents had an old Westphalia. And so we would take that every summer uh, to BC for a few weeks at a time. And then when he and I split, I did a summer in my car, car camping. I'm like, oh, okay, boy. I gotta get into something else. And so then I bought my own Westphalia and did that for three summers. And it was great, but my summers kept getting longer and longer. I took up to like four months off of work and my manager, you know, and was like, no, you can't just keep doing this. Like, <laughs> and I obviously was feeling bad being away from work that long, but my family's in BC, my heart's in BC. And I was really enjoying the freedom that van life gave to me. So I um, decided to go full time in the in the van and yeah it's it's mostly amazing there's a lot of challenges for sure Um, what van do you have now so I'm in a really pimped out Mercedes Sprinter very nice Um, I'm in uh yeah it's amazing it's I put my time in I did the I did the Westphalia I did the car camping I did all that and then I was like if I'm gonna be full-time I want something that's reliable I want something that holds value um I want something that can handle the winter and yeah, that I can get comfortable in. So I got a a used Sprinter 2016 four wheel drive. And then um, a company in Nelson, uh, a new company, I kind of sussed out, did some research, found these guys and um, yeah, so, so happy with my choice. They, they did the build out on the inside. We co-designed it and they, yeah, built it up in Nelson, BC and 
um, it's been, yeah, it's, it's well, been of course, Nelson would have people who can kit out a van. It just seems like the perfect <laughs> place for the van totally. life. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's an awesome place to visit. Like if I need to go do anything to the van, I'm like, oh, darn, I have to go to Nelson. Like, uh, so no, they're, they're a great company. And yeah, they built it up to suit my mountain biking lifestyle. That was yeah. the main goal. Like, keep my bike, you know, inside secure, locked up, safe out of the, out of the weather. And then also I wanted, you know, I wanted a permanent bed set up. I didn't want to have to take my bed down and make it every day. And I wanted, you know, to be really good insulated and really naturally insulated. So we chose sheep's wool from, I think Kelowna actually. And then, yeah, some other little neat things like my bed folds down so I can lay out underneath the stars or the sunset or sunrise. And that is so cool. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can, yeah. Cause a sprinter for people who don't know, you can actually stand up in one of those and you can walk yes. around in the back of it and yeah. everything. So yeah. Six foot two, you can stand up and sleep. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And how is it on the service roads, like forest service roads? Yeah. I mean, it's, so it's high, it's fairly high clearance. It's got good tires and it's all wheel, it's four wheel drive. So we can get to a lot of places. It can get through those water bars and whatnot. Um, I wouldn't mind upgrading my suspension. I just go slow because it's full, right? Like I'm loaded with my kitchen stuff and things rattle. So it's not like a truck where you can fly down places. It's my home. And I, and people have a hard time understanding that when, like, especially with mountain biking, they're like, Hey, let's go shuttle this road. I'm like, Hmm, I don't really want to. And they're like, well, your van can make it. I'm like, yeah, I can, but I don't really want to put too much wear and tear going up, you know, 20 K and back there and back of logging road just for yeah. one lap on the bike kind of deal. So it's, yeah, it's finding a balance. It can get everywhere. I don't take it everywhere unless I'm staying to that in that area for a little bit, or if I really want to go there. Um, Cause yeah, it just, it is still my home and I have to remind myself like I don't want to put too much wear and tear on it or that's a good point yeah so but I've gotten it to some really cool locations it's yeah especially in the in in Moab there's some really cool um camping on BLM land out there that is so cool yeah yeah (laughs) all right um so just before we finish up uh do you have any advice for people who are looking to get into mountain biking or any advice for someone who wants to try the van life um okay so we'll start with mountain biking uh this year I saw a a ton of people getting into it for the first time and I think people realized oh you know we need a way to stay like have fun during quarantine be active be outside not rely on a gym or a climbing wall or a pool or whatnot um and kind of realize oh mountain biking can give us all those things um hiking's cool but it's not as fun Uh, so yeah, I would recommend definitely getting a lesson. Like that's not something that was really available when I first got into mountain biking and when a lot of people first got into it, but now there's more and more coaching, uh, out there and available. So I would highly recommend like, you're going to invest a lot of money in your bike. So invest into your experience by getting a lesson. Be my best guess. There's online coaching as well, but just like take some coaching because it's, um, it's a high risk sport and it's a lot more fun when you can do it fairly well. <laughs> and you don't get hurt every week or something. That'll totally. put you off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so sorry, just when you said, when you started, there was no one really to coach you. So are you more or less like completely self-taught now at this stage? Um, yeah. The funny thing is, is I have had coaching maybe in the last 
couple of years on and off, but not when I first started. So I, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I definitely was a self-taught mountain biker, but now that I've got more into technical stuff, like dropping, like, um, dropping, even some of the technical climbing, I, um, have received some coaching. I went to a woman's camp in Sedona and then I've got a couple of friends who are coaches and who have helped me because my fear is what stops me. Like I have a lot of ability, but I don't have the confidence level that a lot of mm-hmm. people do, which I think is pretty good because I generally am never hurt, but, um, to help with my fear, really learning the skill has been good to kind of balance out that. Okay. I can convince myself that I know how to do it. I've been told by a coach, that this is how you do it. And I have the ability. So that's cool. It, yeah. And any advice for the van life? Oh yeah. Hmm. Um, so there are, I think there are rental agencies out there. I don't know of them because I've never actually rented one. Um, but I, with me, with picking my van, it was really like, what are my top priorities? Cause something's got to give, like you cannot have it all. You, you know, you, you're in a small space. So if you really want bike storage, you might not get a shower. If you really want a shower, are you okay with your bikes being outside? For me, I'd rather be dirty and my bikes be clean. <laughs> I like it. So, yeah. Yeah. Make a priority list. And, um, I mean, it would be good to rent something I think to see, cause it's definitely not for everybody. Um, mm. it looks so glamorous and romantic on Instagram, but there's a lot of non-glamorous moments. Maybe if you're staying at campsites all the time, it's a lot more chill. I don't stay at campsites because that's just too expensive, but, and it's not why I'm doing this, but yeah, there's, I don't some... get why, like I've been to a lot of campsites in BC and people pull up in the West Valley as that are all kitted out and everything. And yeah. it's like, why are you paying to stay at a campsite when you could just go up this service road and pull over somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. People like their services. They like their running water and their, or their hot water and their washrooms. Yeah. So I guess something I like to preach about is uh, bring a shovel. If you're going to camp in the woods, bring a friggin' shovel. Cause I've seen so many people going into the woods with just a roll of toilet paper. And I'm like, um, what, what are you, what are you doing there? Because <laughs> dig a hole for yourself, make your own toilet <laughs> or bring a porta potty. Very important and practical. So <laughs> there's my, is that how we're going to end this on? <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> that's the last thing. The most important thing you need to know about the van life bring a shovel. (laughs) All right. And then Katie, where can people find your Instagram and any social media, please? Yeah, sure. So I I post quite a bit on Instagram. Uh, My handle is at bike and bend. So bike A and D bend. And um, it's not because I'm from Bend, Oregon, but uh, because I'm a yoga teacher and I'm often bending. Um, It's the perfect name for your channel. It really is. It's fun. Hey, it's crazy. It's just like, yeah thought of it one day I'm like oh yeah uh so yeah bike and bend on Instagram um I have a very very lacking YouTube channel that I have things I need I would like to upload maybe I'll do it now that I'm injured um it's been go 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 and I haven't had a lot of time on wi-fi but my YouTube channel is um YouTube slash Katie Nixick my name k-a-t-y-n-i-k-s-i-c perfect all right thank you very much yeah no worries nice to meet you I'll just stop recording now. Hold on one second. And that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so you know my name is Ronan and her name is Katie. You can find her at Bike and Bend on Instagram. Please check her page out. It is full 
of amazing things. And not just related to biking, not just related to vans. She's also an awesome poet. Something we didn't talk about in the podcast, but scroll through her page and you'll see some great poetry as well. So the aim of this podcast is to help you with your listening skills in English. You know, it's just two people having an authentic, a real, unplanned conversation in English about a random topic or topics. You should go back and listen again. Try to identify some key words, some key phrases. Also, stay tuned because very, very soon transcripts and extra lessons based on these podcasts are coming. Got a lot of good things in the pipeline, folks. For now, you can catch me on Instagram at English on the Road or on YouTube at English on the Road. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, or heck, even if you did not enjoy the podcast, please share it with a friend. If you did not enjoy it, please share it with an enemy. I would be very grateful. Uh, you can save it, you can like it and all that jazz or anything at all. All right, so now I'm going to go drink some coffee and relax. I hope you have a great day, folks, and we will talk soon. See ya.